Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Good morning and welcome to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, pastor of St. Benedict the Moore Parish in the Hill District and also the pastor at St. Mary Magdalene Parish, serving the East End, Homewood, Point Breeze, and Wilkinsburg sections of the city of Pittsburgh. And this morning we are taking a closer look at the changes ahead for the South Regional Catholic Elementary School System. Back on February 12th, Bishop Zubik announced two mergers. St. Gabriel the Sorrowful Virgin in Whitehall will be joining with St. Elizabeth of Hungary School in Pleasant Hills, and St. Margaret of Scotland Catholic School in Greentree will merge with St. Philip's School in Crafton. Bishop Zubik accepted the recommendations from leaders of the South Regional Catholic Elementary Schools who carefully studied the financial and demographic data and student enrollment trends. They also consulted with parish and school communities to determine the best way to continue providing a quality Catholic education. Regional governance of elementary schools began in the North Hills back in 2017, where it, was, it has stabilized enrollment and finances. In this model, all parishes in the region support Catholic education, and they have a voice in the school's mission. Here to tell us more is Sharon Lockwin-Brown, who is the administrator of the South Region. Sharon, good to have you back here this morning on Catholic Education Plus. Good morning, Father Tom. Thank you for having me. Now, you're the administrator for the South Region, and the South Hills is very near and dear to my heart because I grew up in the Carrick-Overbrook section of the city of Pittsburgh, and my parents uh, live in Whitehall, and I have a sister that still lives in, in the Carrick neighborhood of, of the city of Pittsburgh. So there's a lot of hard work, Sharon, that has gone into this recommendation. Can you give us the background of how this all developed? Sure. So actually, this began back in 2019 when the South Regional Board was established as an advisory board. Um, they began studying all of the schools and began to look at the financing and the enrollment trends and the demographics of all of the schools at that time um, and looking at the feasibility of keeping, at that time there were actually 13 schools in the South region as it was advisory. So then in the spring of 2020 is when I was hired as the regional admin administrator looking for the governing board to um, take effect in July, July 1st of 2020. And, of course, we know what happened in the spring was the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And with that, of course, a huge strain on all of our parishes and, um, and in turn, on our schools. 
And so there actually was a committee, um, the, it was called the Ad Hoc Committee that the bishop brought that were looking at all of the schools it, through the pandemic. And at that time, these two schools were, these four schools, I should say, were looked at the um, as possibly having some financial troubles in their parishes and and some things that we started to look at. But back then, we were already had um, undertaken the establishment of Ave Maria Academy, which was four schools into one. And so with the pastors and the board, it was determined that we would go one more academic year with these schools and begin the work of studying them after we had finished with Ave Maria. And so that is what exactly happened. And this fall, um, this past fall, many, many meetings and um, bringing groups together and studying happened in order to make this recommendation the board did to Bishop Zubik um, to do the mergers of these four schools that will now go down to two new schools for the opening of the 2021-22 school year. This coming fall, yeah. Yes. No, obviously, this is not an easy decision to make or hear. Uh, what have been some of the responses so far from the families and the faculty of, of the four schools that will be coming together uh, this coming fall? Well, there was a lot of communication to throughout this process in the fall to um, all four of the faculties and staff to these families from the board. So they certainly knew that something was coming. But until you actually hear that decision, um, I don't think it hits people. But naturally, there are people that um, are deeply hurt because some of these schools have been in existence over 100 years. Lots of our families in our schools, they went to this school. In some cases, it's the third or fourth generation that's gone to this school. So... I think that in general, um, we have to allow our families to grieve and to hear these, um, to kind of process these decisions. However, I don't think it was a surprise because there had been a lot of communication, but um, immediately we set up processes for communication meetings with the faculties of all four schools. Um, and started the implementation committee that implements this decision. So immediately the very next week, we brought those committees together to start to work the do the work of establishing a new school. You know, obviously, communication. <laughs> yeah, communication definitely is key uh, for the parents, the the, te- the faculty, the staff, and, and the parishioners too. So. Um, now, Sharon, many parishes used to have their own elementary school, and some even had their own high school, including St. Elizabeth's there in Pleasant Hills. They had an elementary school and a high school. Yeah. But today, uh, obviously, with the smaller families, mass attendance is down, there's higher costs, and often this is just not feasible. How can the regional schools help keep a Catholic elementary education sustainable? So the plan for this regionalization, of course, is that all of the parishes in the region then work to support all of the schools in that region. Mm. And as we know, particularly in the South Hills and actually throughout our diocese, there were 
Catholic schools sometimes blocks away from each other that yeah, were built. Yeah. And so <laughs> we also know that we want to make it be accessible and affordable. And the more students that we have in our seats and by our desks, we know that that does make it more affordable. Um, and that is the long-term goal to keep it accessible, affordable, and sustainable through this regional model. Now, parishes are really feeling the financial strain uh, caused by the elementary schools, uh, more so than a few years ago. And as a pastor, I, I know that just seeing the budget and, and trying to pay the bills. Can you describe our listeners what has happened? So if you think back to when I said about the Catholic schools being on every block, mm-hmm. back in the 50s when we were building um, building our Catholic school systems really based on um, the bishops saying that every parish should have a school back then. And so we had the sisters who were able to come, and um, that was their mission. And it was each parish's working most likely with a um, an order of the religious who built that. And our families were larger, as you said, and they came to our schools um, in droves. And so we know that the financial... Um, or actually the demographics in all of Western Pennsylvania since that time, you know, that was the moving out to the suburbs where we built more Catholic schools. And then um, the demographics of our region, meaning the whole Western Pennsylvania region, um, changed. And so I think that all of these challenges that have faced us have been the issues that have put a financial strain. Uh, And we also know that for our parishes, mass attendance, collections, all of those things are down, and it is really not possible for a single parish, even if it's now a larger parish with uh, our groupings from Church Alive, to take on the burden of a school alone. And we also know that our Catholic schools, while a great gift to our church and to our families um, are not the only ministry of our parishes. And so um, we have to be mindful that our church cannot, um, our parishes can't suffer for the, um, because of putting all of our financial resources into a school. Now, um I want to just touch on this real briefly before we break. I know you don't have a crystal ball, but uh, do you expect any more mergers uh, in the near future? In our South region, I do not expect any more mergers. I think that um, looking forward, we kind of have uh, that accessible accessibility. Two of our schools in Washington County are far too far apart to merge. Mm -hmm. I think that... um, I don't expect any more mergers, in the, and I certainly um, hope not. And as you said, I right. don't have a crystal ball, but I am not expecting any mergers in the near future, no. And this, this, 
the South region has seen a lot of change just in the last several years. Of course, Archangel Gabriel School was established uh, through the merger of two schools, uh, Holy Trinity and St. Malachy back in 2019. Ave Maria Academy was created from four schools, which we touched on, to two campuses uh, at the St. Thomas More and St. Bernard's uh, this academic year. Um, and then we had another South region uh, school closed last June. Um, and then St. Sylvester's closed uh, two years ago. So obviously there's been a lot of change in the South region. And uh, just has it, it has here in the East region where I'm the pastor and then also uh, the North. So it's sustainability and trying to keep everything together. So, well, Sharon, we have lots more to talk about. So we'll take a break. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus on KDK Radio with Father Tom Burke. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, the pastor at St. Benedict the Moore Parish in the Hill District, and also St. Mary Magdalene Parish in the East End, Point Breeze, Homewood, and Wilkinsburg sections of the city of Pittsburgh. And this Sunday morning, uh, we are featuring the South Hills uh, Regional School System. And with me this morning is Sharon Lockerin Brown, who is the administrator of the South Region. Uh, Sharon, um, what are some of the next steps uh, with the the merger of these two, uh, with the two mergers coming up in the fall? For example, uh, choosing names. I know there's a lot of work uh, that will be going on in the spring, and then of course over the summer. So this is where the exciting work happens. As I mentioned, immediately the establishment of implementation committees, which has uh, members from the two former uh, schools to come together to make a, a school for each of the mergers. So two committees are working side by side, meeting weekly with me um, until the principals are named, and then they will continue that work, choosing a name, choosing mascots, um, mm-hmm creating their mission, bringing the communities together in so much as possible during a pandemic. Um, But this is where we move forward with hope, and um, hopefully in just a few months' time, when we open those doors, we have uh, two new beautiful um, schools with a lot of hope and um, excitement for the future. And, and just like uh, parishes merging, coming together, and I've seen that uh, here at St. Mary Magdalene with three parishes coming together as one, um, and St. Benedict the Moore, I'm also the pastor of, and the, the building friendships, building the community, um, starting fresh, starting new, uh, a new name. Um, new friendships will begin with, with the students and even the families, and a lot of them probably know each other, too, because of the South Hills communities being so close to each other, and then also Crafton and Green Tree with St. Philip's and St. Margaret's. Um, now, turning now, uh, Sharon, keeping our Catholic schools open since September has been a major success, and we, we hear a lot with the public school system still uh, not reopening here in the, in the greater Pittsburgh area. A lot of the public school districts still are not open, and parents are really and the students are, are hungry and are yearning to, to come back into the classroom. And the Catholic schools has just been phenomenal. How have you pulled it off so far to keep it safe uh, and accessible during this pandemic? Well, by the grace of God, of course. <laughs> yeah, that helps, yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. So, but, you know, a lot of work went into our health and safety opening plans, and it hasn't been... Um, without a lot of challenges for our heroic teachers and 
families um, choosing virtual or having to go virtual, maybe because of being quarantined after an exposure. But on the whole, our um, our virus cases have not been large, and we have not been able to trace any to being in school. We have some sports things and people who are exposed, but really a lot of work has gone into those health and, health and safety plans, and we um, have been able to follow them absolutely to a key and are able to provide that virtual education when a family needs to quarantine or if a teacher needs to quarantine or teach virtually. Um, the grace of God and a lot of work from many people, and I really do want to say that our teachers and our principals are are heroes through this whole thing um, uh, serving our family. Absolutely. They are definitely frontline workers with our medical mm-hmm. yes. professional medical staff, the teachers, the faculty, the staff, the the the, the cleaning companies, the janitors. Um, bravo to everybody that really just pulling this off. It's not easy, but it's working. And uh, like you said, the grace of God through prayer, too. Um, now, Sharon, we often talk in, about how children are so resilient, but uh, the new studies show that the pandemic is affecting many people. How do you gauge its effects on, on the students? Well, I think this is going to be something that is going to be a long-term <laughs> wondering. You know, we'll be watching this with our students, the social and emotional and, of course, spiritual health of our students. Um, we really do need to uh, be mindful of that as we move towards the future. Um, you know, our children have been thrown into this just like the adults. And so for some of our really young children, they, you know, masks are just part of their life. But for some of our other students, it, you know, just all of the socially distance and its very term um, has an effect on students. So, mm-hmm. I think that it's something we will be studying as well as all of the academic achievement moving forward. But um, on the whole, it's just being very aware and addressing those needs as they come um, yeah. come forward. Learn as you go, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, do you have any data about the academic achievement this school year? Obviously, it's just been such you know, winging a prayer, so to speak, but are you tracking any data how the academic achievements are going with the kids in school and then also the virtual uh, students? So we postponed our standardized testing, the Iowa testing in our elementary Mm -hmm. schools until May. And so part of our planning, which is um, even though while we're in the midst of this, we certainly are looking forward. So we will be getting that data at the end of the school year. And so that will give us a few months to really look and dive deeply, not just um, as a group, as our region, as a diocese and each school, but also individually for our students and to see how we can meet their needs. Um, so we will have that in by the end of the school year. And then as we begin, our other assessment plans are to really then look diagnostically um, to see where our students are and then make plans to meet everyone where they are, which is our continuous progress um, mission of our Catholic schools in this diocese, and then to move them forward. Yeah. 
Now, one final question before we conclude. As the parents uh, make decisions about where to enroll their children this fall, what should they consider in terms uh, of a Catholic education here in the Diocese of Pittsburgh? Well, as I stated, our Catholic schools are one of the greatest gifts um, of our church. They certainly are a gift um, to our families. We do work very, very hard to try to provide our families with, um, again, affordable, sustainable, and accessible Catholic education. But in terms of each family making that decision, we also continue to have high academic achievement, and we educate that whole child, not just the social um, and emotional, the physical, but also the spiritual um, faith formation of our children, which is ultimately all of our goals here on earth is to um, to make sure that we get to heaven in the next life. Yeah, and obviously uh, there there are so many wonderful schools in the Greater Pittsburgh area, public and private. And this time of year, now that we're going into uh, March and April, a lot of people uh, who have children will be kind of start to shop around, start to do some research on uh, what's ahead in the fall, and then hopefully as uh, this pandemic uh, hopefully is coming towards um, some type of normalcy in the future. Again, we don't have a crystal ball, but uh, obviously we we want students back in the classroom, and I know the parents uh, and the teachers want to go back, and the students do too. So there's a lot of choices out there, but this time of year, this is a great time for families to just to do some research and and to really look at uh, maybe possibly having uh, their child or grandchild enrolled in a Catholic uh, elementary school here in in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. And as uh, the regionalization takes effect uh, in the north, the east, and now in the south regions, um, obviously there's wonderful Catholic schools. And as you said, um, with these regional schools coming together, strength in numbers, uh, using the resources, working together, and obviously making um, the cost affordable is definitely what uh, the whole goal is. So Sharon Lockman-Brown, the administrator of the South Region uh, Catholic School System for the Diocese of Pittsburgh, thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus on KDK Radio with Father Tom Bark here on KDK Radio. This week in our Plus segment, we are featuring the second Sunday of Lent. Now that we are in the Lenten journey for the next 40 days, uh, moving towards uh, Holy Week and, of course, the season of Easter, this Sunday's Gospel from the Gospel of Mark features the Transfiguration. And every second Sunday of Lent in the, in the Catholic Church calendar year, we always read about uh, the Transfiguration, and we hear Mark's version uh, this weekend is Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up to the mountain, and he is physically changed. And Peter, James, and John see a glimpse of the past with Elijah and Moses representing the Old Testament, and they get a glimpse uh, of the future. And and Jesus physically changes uh, right in front of them. And just as Abraham encountered the love and mercy of God, uh, Peter, James, and John encounters the love of God in the fullness of his humanity and divinity on the mountaintop. And we are all called uh, to be a steadfast in faith. And as we continue going through uh, the season of Lent, what are some changes, internal changes, that we would like to become a better human being? Have a great uh, 
next two weeks, and we'll be back in two weeks on KDK Radio. Thanks for joining us. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.